The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I guess I will be your MC for the affair tonight. My name is Roddy Cat. And already I was about to flub something, but that's all right because we're going to keep pushing. Um, With me tonight. As always, my co-works in, in arms here. The man behind the sound effects. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to say, and it, 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 it just lost it. Anyway, we, uh, our, our man in legal, our man up north, Mr. Agent underscore 70. What's up, everybody? A little under the weather, but hanging in there. <laughs> so you should come down south when it's warm, because, you know. Ah! <laughs> And also with us, the man behind the mask, the man, the myth, the myth, the legend, one, PC and underscore dirt. You say the man, the myth, the myth? The man, the myth, the myth, the legend. I'm, I'm like, I'm a double mythic, or is You're it just because I'm so full Extra mythic. That, that is, you know, I gotta own it. And not with us tonight, because he's enjoying his spring break, is Ha-ha. one, Tim Dog 98 And you can all you can find us at um at our various locations throughout the, the internet. Uh, you can find us at like the, every place that we've talked about just now with our names, and also at CB Cron would be also Tim's. Uh, DeepClickNation.com is also Tim. Uh, let's see, uh, CB Caps on Instagram is me. Dirts is Graham Comic Reviews for the time being. Uh, agent underscore 780 is at agent underscore 70 at uh, Instagram. You can subscribe to us. Oh, yeah, I forgot. News Nerds Need, that's also me. So, bam. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't forget my own stuff, right? This is what happens uh, can, when we infrequently host the show. I know, right? Rust just sets in. Uh, but you can subscribe to us at, um, you know what? You go to your, your podcast location of choice. You will probably find us there. You can also find us on uh, CSPN.us. Do it today. Exactly. For the audio podcast that comes out tomorrow morning, if you're not watching this live, we go live every Thursday night at 9 p.m.-ish on theclicknation.com slash live. Some weeks more-ish than others. That's right. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, you can find you can get our wares at shop.cspn.us. You know, go over there and get some nice comic book, uh, comic book, comic book chronicle swag, and um, you know, support a good network of people doing doing some stuff. Yes, sir. And I think with that out of the way, unless I've missed something. And if it, oh wait, I'm sorry, dirt. Um, dirt is that PS? Uh, is that pop culture network? Yes, yes, go. actually, I am popculturenetwork.com. Yes. Yes, definitely don't want to forget that because it does some, some great stuff over there. You go check them out. Um, so with that, I believe we said we were going to start off with uh, our books of the week. We're doing our reviews, and that book we're starting off with is Unworthy Thor number five. Yes, sir. So, so this, like that is, away. 
This is the uh, the final issue of this uh, mini series that features uh, the unworthy Thor, uh, Odinson, uh, on a quest to uh, find at least some meaning to life because he's been kind of um, in the wilderness for a while. What was teased at the end of last issue, spoiler alert if you're not quite up to date on this, was that um, the ultimate Thor's hammer that had made its way across time and space at the end of Secret Wars um, and had found itself in old Asgard um, may w- w- was ready to be claimed by one Odinson. But, spoiler alert, that may not happen in this issue. Um, we actually opened the issue with, of all people, the... Um, the once former, the once uh, uh, spy master himself, uh, Nick Fury, who is now the unseen, and he actually talks about uh, having some regrets about uh, being the, uh, the 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 Norse god whisperer and putting um, and 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 making Thor unworthy. Um, uh, there's a great two-page splash by Olivier Coipel um, towards the beginning of this book that that kind of. Uh, uh, illustrates uh, the history of Thor, and there's a great uh, homage to the armored Thor look that we saw when uh, Hela basically cursed his uh, uh, cursed his body and kept him from uh, being able to heal from injuries, but also kept him from dying. This is straight out of the uh, uh, the Simonson run on Thor, and there's a great homage to the Thor armored look. Um, but as I teased before, and I'm going to hit the spoiler bell again, just in case you're just tuning in. Odinson does not quite claim the ultimate Thor's hammer. Instead, um, what we what we have is uh, Odinson basically uh, taking care of uh, uh, of business and, and 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 escaping the clutches of the Collector and escaping the clutches of um, Thanos's Black Order, um, and and basically setting things uh, a little bit closer to normal by by returning Asgard to its. Uh, uh, normal location. Uh, one of the big reveals in this issue, again with the spoiler bell, is that, um, and I liked, I really like Tim, uh, Tim Dog 98's notes on this. Uh, I think this is definitely a tease into what could, po- what's possibly part of uh, the Thor Ragnarok movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because um, Thanos finds uh, a certain familiar yet not traditional um, love interest. We'll leave it at that. That's that's um, ringing the spoiler bell, but still not completely giving it all away. That's what is revealed. Um, all in all, uh, we all. Oh, and the and the last big thing is we find out what the unseen actually whispered into Thor's ear that made him unworthy. Right, and that to me was kind of the whole point of the yeah. series. Like for you know what, how long has it been now that like he has not been Thor? Yeah, like, like yeah. Years. four years actually. Yeah, uh, and it's like yeah. ever since then, what could he have possibly been told? that would make him unworthy. Right. Um, and, and it makes sense. Like it actually yeah, absolutely. works. Like absolutely. I was, I was kind of surprised cause I'd gotten to the point where I was so cynical. I was like, Oh, they keep pushing it out because they don't have anything, you know? Uh, but this one actually worked and um, artwork was beautiful. Uh, the story was well done. I'm a little disappointed that it didn't end. Uh, where the, where you thought it should have ended. Well, I was gonna say I'm, I'm, I'm upset. It ended without him reclaiming himself. Uh, that aspect of it. Um, I'm sure they've got something else that they want to do with the character and whatever, but I I was hoping that this was the return of Odin's son to, um, you know, his rightful spot. And it really wasn't. Um, And there is that epilogue that has some question marks to it, but um, I mean, overall it was well done. Like this is much more of how I want a Thor structured story to be. Um, 
And I, and I wish that we lived in the era where this was a run of five issues of an ongoing series instead of having to be a mini series on the side. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, it's, I, I'm just like reading this and, and seeing the, the things that harken back, like you were saying, the there's that look of him in the armor uh, flashback there that reminded right. me of how great it was to have these long ongoing epics that were broken into these chapters. And nowadays right. it's every 12 months, you've got a new number one, you know, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So. I mean, I've joked about, and, and I don't even know if it's a joke at this point. It, this is definitely Aaron really channeling, you know, very large aspects of the Simonson run on Thor. Um, if you recall, and, and so the, to the folks of a certain vintage out there um, who will recall this, uh, there were a few, uh, you know, like a Simonson Thor based miniseries out there, such as the Boulder the Brave uh, miniseries way back when that definitely tied right into the Simonson run on Thor. And that's what this sort of reminded me of, where, uh, you know, where this was, you know, a really key character in the story, having, you know, like a, a standalone, you know, sort of outside of the, uh, uh, the, the regular story uh, uh, tale being told in like five or six issues, and it becoming more and more important as uh, the, the tale in the regular book progressed. And I think that's where we're, that's where we're going to be with this, because now we have a, a reinvigorated, uh, you know, filled with new purpose or renewed purpose. Uh, Odin's son going into um, uh, the pages of the Mighty Thor book. So definitely a good read. And, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Candidate for Click of the Week. For me too. Oh. Yeah, I actually, this is the, the book I'm, like, I'm, you you guys have been bringing up this book for, um, well, like, just since it's come out, and this is definitely the thing I've been kind of also curious myself about, like, okay, what was being whispered in his ear, mm-hmm. you know, way back when, which I had actually... To, to their point about you know not them not having anything, I was kind of wondering if they actually did have anything up until up until recently. Like, up until they actually did, yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of wondering about it. That now does this here? It. I'm going to assume that it wasn't anything like like obviously it was good enough to read. You know, it was it was good to know now, but it's nothing like that's not crazy. Oh, absolutely. Because not. you don't really hear too much. You know, you haven't seen about too it? much in the in the news cycles about it. So clearly, yeah. it's nothing. You know. Yeah. No, I mean it really. It really just plays into. I mean, the title of the book is the unworthy Thor, and so the question is, what made him unworthy? Right. Um, and you and one of the things about the series is you see him regain his desire. He regains his uh, steadfastness. He regains, you know, pretty much every part of his character that's kind of been missing for the last couple of years. Um, so you're just waiting for him to reclaim that name of being Thor and being worthy again. So the question was, what made him unworthy? Um, and it, what he, what was whispered to him makes sense in changing, like, man, I don't, I just don't want to give it away. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to say yeah, something exactly. that says too much. So, um, because it does bring, it does close a very big circle, you know, what, you know, what it was that made him unworthy brought, you know, brought a long, uh, I don't want to say long ago because it's really not, you know, it's still during Aaron's run. Um, it, it brought back, a, a an aspect of Aaron's run all the way back full circle. Okay. Was, There's no was, frogs. Uh, I, I want to ask you somebody a question. I'm just. I know without spoiling. Yeah, yeah, without spoiling. But, but it's it's the God of Thunder series, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know all the uh, the, the the God Bomb stuff. Um, one of the, the the great little bits at the end, without spoiling too much, um, if you've been reading or following along, um, a lot of the guest stars uh, that have popped up during uh, Aaron's run on Thor. 
reappeared in this uh, series, miniseries, such as Thori, uh, Loki's dog. And there's always a great couple of lines that he sticks in, he sticks in for Thori. Like, uh, he's drinking mead, and he says, this tastes better than murder. And I couldn't help but laugh. I just couldn't. It was so good. It's so good. Yeah. It was, like I said, definitely click of the week uh, territory. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. All, All right, right guys. Check out. All right, Roddy. What do you got? Well, let's see. Um, well, since I guess both of you and I have read this, let's go to Black Panther number tra- 12. All right. Uh, Agent 70. So, as, a, as, as Agent 70 points out, <laughs> and, and I appreciate this, like I said earlier before you even got on, this is the Council of Elrond at the beginning of the end issue. Ha ha ha! So this is after um, this the, after the battle was won that's been going on the last issue or so, and now it's time for peacemaking between all of the well, most of the factions. Obviously, there are some people still out there uh, in the wings that are trying to come for Wakanda, but you know, this is kind of like one big powwow between uh, T'Challa and Shuri and um, Shangamir and the Midnight Angels. Right, like All definitely the to... people of influence and power within the right the, the, the structure of factions, right, mm-hmm. and then all coming together and meeting, and it doesn't go quite as well uh, because you know they they don't get into a full blown argument, but you know there are some there would be some unresolved feelings. What I was going to say is what they resolve to do isn't accomplished in this issue. You know right. what they resolve to do is to move forward from you know their their their, their civil war basically uh, within Wakanda, and um, you know to, they pledge to have basically what um, what what exists in England now, which is spoiler alert, um, a royal at the head as a, as essentially a figurehead mm-hmm. of the government, but then have a democratically elected uh, government that's actually in charge. Yep. So. That's the that's the, uh, the the form of government that uh, I guess um, Tanahisa Coates is uh, looking to install in Wakanda at this point. But obviously, we're still not there yet. Um, I thought this was like a nice uh, way of wrapping. This issue did a lot of um, moving everyone's story forward incrementally until we got to the last page. Yes, and they even snuck in some stuff that we hadn't really thought about in since the, the first arc. Uh, if you think about it, because there's a stuff because he brings up stain. Right. And uh, Zinzi still being out there for like a page or certain. And then it kind of just goes into, um, you know, talk about stuff talking to, to Ramonda in the hospital and Shuri there and, you know, then batching that up and Ramonda noticing that, you know, T'Challa is kind of coming back to his own, almost like uh, Thor kind of getting his swagger back. Exactly. They're, they're all getting their grooves back. Shout out to Stella. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, as, as Roddy Cat was saying, uh, it was nice to see uh, T'Challa kind of regaining that sense of purpose and um, and confidence. And I did not see that cliffhanger last page coming at all. Well, yeah, and we knew, without giving it away, we knew there was some stuff coming. Well, we knew there is something coming out next month that is that that's going that is right. Going that puts to. the yeah that 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 establishes this particular scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, being possible, but at the same and, time, I was still taught. I was still definitely caught unaware, um, right. and it was a very nice surprise. It's nice to be surprised, you know, uh, to really be taken aback and say, "Wow, I did not see that coming." Oh, even even if it wasn't for that reason, I wasn't. I would. Um, I enjoyed seeing it because. So there was somebody. So trying to dance around a little bit. Someone. Right. 
that has had an effect on um, T'Challa's life. He pops pops a visit into, and right. also there was a little part with Eden before that, which is which kind of also plays into that a little bit. If you if you think about that part, but like right. someone that's that is very important to uh, T'Challa, or has been very important to T'Challa, kind of he he t- pays a visit to out unexpectedly, right? So, so which that's is, yeah, yeah. As I was saying, which which kind of uh, startles that person, but so you can only that's probably the last person you would have kind of just want to pop in on. But anyway, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that being all that being said, mm-hmm. you know, I like that this definitely um, pushes the story forward. I thought that the last, you know, I hate to say this, I felt like uh, the the story of the civil war in Wakanda felt like it dragged a bit in certain spots. But oh. I've I've really liked the last two issues that have really wrapped up the civil war and moved the story forward. You know, they've been, I think these two have been some of the stronger issues within the last, like, let's say half dozen. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So I would agree with that. You know, it's kind of funny that, you know, um, you know, maybe Coates, you know, had a little bit of trouble nailing the landing on that civil war story, but it seems like he was using that to build towards something else. And I think that something else is where, um, I know I think he's been trying to get to this whole time. Yeah. Agreed. And actually, um, there's, Probably the tie with uh, World of Wakanda also, because mm-hmm. like I said, that well, I think we talked about that last week. That that's been kind of catching up to the events of the first issue, right? So that that book that. has ended, right? No, 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 no. It's, oh, it's not it's still okay. going. Oh, okay. Back, okay. Um, yeah. Next issue is going to have um, Cole. You might say, Cash, right? Yeah, yeah. Presuming that's who that is. Yeah, that that is the version that they're going to go on with. But so yeah, right. I, another former member of a certain crew. Sure. Um, oh. Nope, but a bump. It's gonna looks like it's showing up in that book, and that could play into something going forward. Also, uh, between this and another book that's coming out next next month, we don't True know. Enough. We'll see. True enough. All right, let's see. Um, Dirt. I know it looks like you and I both read um, Iron Fist number one. I don't have that much to say about this because I'm still sort of getting over my disappointment in the Netflix show that I know you haven't watched yet. Um, I may never watch the Netflix show, but that has little to do with <laughs> nice. anything having to do with the Netflix show. It's more along the lines of, uh, I just don't watch, you know, the comic shows and movies generally sure. speaking. So, sure. so, uh, for the viewers of the, uh, the video podcast, both Roddy yep. Cat and I were holding up the hip hop cover for uh, Iron Fist number one. I've got uh, it too. Yes, good yes. job. <laughs> good job. So, so what album um, is that? I am not 100% sure. I believe, I want to say that's um, Redman's um, That's the Name. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. As soon as you said Redman, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, I think that's right. Yeah. Was that Redman 2000? Either way, it's Redman. Um, I yeah, believe yeah. that's what it is. So, um, basically, we shouldn't be talking about this issue because what's the first rule about Fight Club? <laughs> right, Dirt? You, you tell everyone you know about Fight Club and how great it is? On its dark Well, I, I guess... Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. let, me, let me ask you this. Before we get into this issue, Iron Fist is in a series with Power Man. Yes, uh, for the is time that being. Still, is that still ongoing? Uh, it's about to end in a month or two, I believe. Okay. Well, did you... in before, so it might be next month, might be the last issue, I can't remember. No, I, I have not kept up with that series. So is there anything in that series that you see carrying into, over this? into this, or is this pretty much like a clean slate new story somewhere down the line? Clean slate, or okay. down the line. All right. 
that's that's kind of what I figured because it felt different than what I remembered from the uh, Power Man and Iron Fist uh, series. Um, but for what this is, um, I mean, it felt like a good first step on a journey um, mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, it does play itself out. I hate to say stereotypically, but very much like an action movie. Yeah, um, where you've got him searching for himself, searching for the reason why he has these powers, searching for you know meaning, whatever, and then getting swept up in something where it looks like he'll be able to use those abilities again. So um, I appreciated that aspect of it. It was interesting enough that you know I plan on uh, keeping with it at least okay. for a while, see where the storyline goes. I thought the artwork was beautiful. Yeah, uh, well, that's, you know, this is professional stuff by Mike Perkins. Yeah. Well, I mean, there have been some number ones from Marvel that, you know, and, but yeah no i thought this was this was well done it's you know that it's it's going to be an action title Mm -hmm. um i mean that's that's where its birth was its birth was in you know old kung fu movies obviously so it it plays in on that um yes it's definitely somewhat inspired by some of the more famous kung fu movies and um and even some video games yeah you could definitely, say definitely um but yeah so i enjoyed it uh it, it it didn't like blow me away or anything it wasn't one of those things if if i'd heard about the netflix show and like oh i want to learn what the controversy is about whatever and then you pick this up i mean i don't think there's any connection really no uh to to anything going on over there so um i i don't know that there's going to be a lot of crossover interest one way or another uh with what's right. going on with uh the show and this but um if i knew somebody who was into action flicks, kung fu flicks, uh, you know, Chuck Norris movies, uh, you know, the whole gamut of uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, hard-boiled action stuff. It definitely feels like it fits perfectly right in with that kind of stuff. I think you make very, your your points are uh, spot on. Um, I think that my difficulty with this was something that you had mentioned earlier, which is, you know, I have been following the Power Man and Iron Fist book, and I thought that, um, you know, jumping from that uh, book team up book where you know the characters are all very much as we know them you know they are recognizable they are in control even though they may find themselves in very difficult spots um that are hard to uh to you know uh, with you know they're in difficult spots to extricate themselves from or and find and they find themselves with uh, very difficult problems to solve they you know they have their powers they have their wits about themselves to see you know to, to see uh danny rand in this issue kind of um in the gutter basically um, you know, spoiler alert again, <laughs> you know, in the gutter. So, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of jarring. So maybe it took me a little while to get comfortable with the idea that this is de- that, that, like you said, um, this is, um, uh, maybe, uh, page, you know, page 20 of, uh, of, of, uh, of a 30 page story already. There's something that, uh, got us from point a, which is the end of the Pyraman Iron Fist series to where we are here in Iron Fist number one. Also, I think one thing that I appreciated um, in this book is, in many ways, it follows similar lines to a book like, say, the first issue of Karnak. But Karnak wasted so much space with the visuals that there was almost no story to it. Whereas in this, it's very clear that he's in these big fights, that he's punching groups of people, um, that, that there are these special... Yeah, kung fu moves being named and being done, whatever, but it didn't right. feel like you, you missed out on story because of it. There was plenty of dialogue, exposition, inner monologue to keep the story going, whereas I felt like Karnak, you just kind of like flipped through and then you were done in a couple minutes. This at least felt like you were getting more of your money's worth out of it. Right. 
All right. Um, Roddy, I see that you read um, Ultimates 2, number 5. I'm glad you actually mentioned that because, yeah, I wanted to, um, to bring that up following up on Iron Fist because there is actually a... Um, there's actually a, a um, it's not necessarily a tie, but kind of a call, call towards uh, Danny's Kung Fu style in, in this book. So, yes, we uh, start this book off, Ultimates to number five, with a little backstory on Philip Volt, who, um, whose actual beginnings start in the new universe that, mm-hmm. that, um, that um, Ewing has been throwing in this book, and, I, and I've been enjoying that part. There's a name that gets brought up that I'm hoping is going to end up showing up at some point, but um, who knows if that's going to happen. Right. But we also, um, after we find out a little bit more on vote, there's a voter vote, I guess. I've been calling them vote, but anyway, uh, we get back to the fight between the Ultimates and uh, the Troubleshooters, which was still going. You see um, the, the, the table kind of gets turned on one of the groups. Sure, sure, and I and I appreciate the uh, the reference that 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 you made, Roddy, to um, uh, the reference to uh, Iron Fist that's mm-hmm. in this that uh, that T'Challa actually incorporates. So I, you know, that was a nice that was a nice uh, turn, and yeah, uh, also and also a reference, a straight up reference to Bruce Lee, which is mm-hmm. um, what I was referencing earlier when we we're talking about. Um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Iron Fist number one. Like, literally, literally, it's a call out to Enter the Dragon. Yep. You know? So, <laughs> like, if you read, if you read Iron Fist and, and you got to the last page, you're just like, oh, okay. Right. But, In uh, fact, I would say uh, if you follow my Instagram account, CB Caps, you will probably see a couple, of, you will probably see the reference. Sure. Uh, that, uh, that we were talking about. Sure. So, um, you know, as you said earlier, um, you know, in the pages of uh, the Ultimates, the tables do turn. It, do, you know, the uh, there there is a a fairly clean cut victor uh, in this particular matchup. But then we, you know, uh, the the story leads towards another uh, type of cliffhanger ending, um, where uh, obviously one side has not actually won. It's just a just another you know another step towards uh, right. There's the a big, wrinkle in the, in the works here. Exactly. There's a, it's a, just another step towards the big uh, confrontation. Mm-hmm. To which I've been seeing news articles about this. Like, this is like, yeah, if we're going to find out who the cosmic jailer is, and we do. Sort of. But, yeah. But that's still, like, it, it's not a reveal that's like, okay, hey, you know this person. And, right. you know, so you get a clear cut idea of what's, you know, what could be about to happen or what some motivations could be. You really don't get that. But like, yeah, like I said, the, the, the tables turn. The, the tables turn on the fight. Some stuff happens. Um, somebody shows their well. I won't, don't want to say show their true colors, but they kind of have. But they reveal themselves to be something that they were not in right. originally. I guess you could say that, and that okay. they worked for someone. And then that's when we start getting into the whole more cosmic stuff with uh, eternities being chained up and who's the cause of all that going into the the end of the issue. Yep, um, pretty much. Yeah, it was, that's pretty much the issue. You know, it was a nice. Yeah. It was a nice. Um, uh, I you know as I as I mentioned earlier, there was. Um, uh, uh, it's just another example of an issue that does definitely um, push the story forward and 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 develops um, an interesting twist at the end where you know where we think that we understand where this is, but this is on such a 
you know, we, we understand, we think we understand the scale this is actually being told on, but it's even grander than we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also get um, like during the fight, America Chavez, which we, if, you know, a lot of time readers were kind of get already get the sense of, but uh, mm-hmm. America Chavez kind of spells out the mission of the group in, in relatively clear terms, you know? So, yep. so that was interesting to say as, as the fight goes on, but, um, but yeah, like yeah. I said, this you kind of have to be. In, I was about to say you can It's you kind of have to be in for the long haul on this book, though. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is not something that you're going to pick up and 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 uh, you know kind of enjoy a one and done. Yeah, right. and even with the, even if even with the first page, uh, you know, kind of recap, you you, know, you need to actually read some stuff to kind of catch the, the beats on this one. Yep. Now, in at the end of this book, normally they would have said like, "Hey, if you want to check out this and the other, then." you know, check out this book and this book, but there wasn't anything of that going that needed to be kind of referred back to on that point. So they didn't right. necessarily do that. So, um, but I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, for, for those who kind of need a refresher on the stuff that could be, that needed to be recapped when they bring up some stuff that they have that it's just that they were pretty much pimping America and, um, America's and Captain Marvel's books. Sure. So. All righty. Um, dirt, uh, just when you thought inhumans versus X-Men was over, just it comes back like a bad rash. That's right. I believe. I believe this is the last tie-in. It's not only oh, the last tie-in, but it's ordinary X Men. I think was a tie-in also, but just on a very uh, surface level. But this yeah, is also the last issue of uh, Charles Soule writing in humans books. Right. Um. Did, am I mistaken, or did nothing actually happen? I think <laughs> this was. This was actually. Um, the wrap up to a lot of these subplots without really changing any of the characters, because um, if you've been reading, I've been reading this uh, this series on and off. I did drop it. I did drop it from my physical pull list a few issues back, but I understood that uh, the last story arc was going to involve Maximus right. um, trying to um, uh, create or 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 uh, just fabricate Terrigen, so right. that you know um, the effects of the finale of IVX weren't going to be permanent. And of course, Maximus being Maximus the Mad doesn't exactly uh, play along with that particular storyline. But it seemed like everything he created in this issue was more or less nullified by the end of this issue. Everything he had done Mm -hmm. seemed like none of it actually mattered by the time the issue was over. Yeah. Um, So I'm just trying to figure out, like, did anything actually happen in this book that I mean, did it, other than the conversation that happens at the very end mm-hmm. between two key characters of the Inhumans, all the stuff with Maximus seems like it built up just to collapse upon itself. Maybe not collapse upon itself, but just, you know, take care of some of what I thought were, you know, some of the funnier aspects of this Inhumans uh, uh, issue, a title, which is what happened to uh, the Unspoken and the fish people that uh, oh, Maximus yeah. stuck. I thought that was a great, I thought that was some great stuff. Well, yeah, but um, I, it took care of that. But I mean, it didn't. It didn't set anything new going forward with that. No, though. no, 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 not at all. I think it just provided a little bit of depth to some of these uh, tertiary inhumans characters, like Triton. You know, Triton's been a member of the royal family forever, and you know, because we just think of him as a scaly uh, Aquaman slash Submariner guy. You know, um, it's nice to have him uh, get a little bit of shine next to Maximus. So. You know, that's pretty much, I thought, uh, that was pretty much the uh, uh, the purpose of these last few issues, is to just give some of the other Inhumans characters some uh, space to breathe. Well, my my problem was that 
uh, you know, I read in humans, I read this, I read them all the way through about mm-hmm. halfway through. I was reading them with my son about halfway through. He gave up on them. Right. In uh, humans got canceled. So I stuck with it. I knew it was eventually going to run out, you know, at some point here and it finally did. And it got to the end and I feel like where it ended puts me in a spot where I can stop reading now mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about the inhumans anymore. I don't know about that. Because I think they're going to play a pretty big role going forward with well, they're going off into some space, of the cosmic though. stuff. Right, with the yeah. cosmic stuff, though. But, but I'm not reading any of the Guardians or any of that stuff either. Mm. So it just got to this point now where I'm like, okay, well, all the storylines I've been following, they're pretty much wrapped up right? You know, neatly. And uh, they didn't explain the spires, but they're not going to if they're flying off into space. So you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I've got my run, and now I'm done. Right. I, I, definitely, so you, I definitely see your point. So you may have just answered it, but does it seem like there's something in here that could possibly come up later? Yeah, the Sky Spears. Because they actually mentioned straight up the unanswered like, oh, question. Yeah, we never answered that question. Right. Um, I, mean, I mean, anything outside of that, though? Well, a a uh, relationship was rekindled, but we kind of saw that at the end of IVX 6 anyway. Right, right. right. So, and yeah, I think we may have actually talked about it. So that's really the only thing that's in here is it gives you a little bit more of what happened. Like I think in the I think in IVX it was just one panel. It was just the scene. Right, and this is exactly and, the aftermath of that. Yeah, that and this panel. starts with that panel and then continues on for a few pages. So right. it, it does, you know, flesh that out a little bit more. But again, uh I read that little epilogue and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I don't great, but I'm not it's not like that was a hook right. that entices me to stick with it going forward. It was just like, okay, well that's great for them, I guess. But yeah, that's how that ends at. Exactly, yeah. and and I, I get the feeling that that's how you feel about, you know, your your uh, your uh, your readership with the Inhumans right now. Like, well, that's how you know that's as, that's all all's well that ends well, right? And I don't I don't feel like I need to keep following it anymore, right? And and even when I look at the X Men books and the stuff that happened in IVX going forward, I'm only going to buy the one that has Old Man Logan. Uh, that t- I think that's Gold is the one with yes. uh, him in there. I'm going to buy that one just because it looks like they're doing some rebuilding of that that x-men team that i'm familiar with with storm right. and logan and nightcrawler and all those guys exactly. and i'll try that for a little bit um and see how that goes but i mean i'm not it's it's more like well it's a number one it's a new beginning chance i'll give it a shot but not like like oh i gotta run out and buy these books now you know right right right, right. So, good points good points so my experiment with uh inhumans has come to an end all right. Well, I'll be looking. I'll be looking towards at least picking up the first few issues of Royals just to see how, um, you know, because the last time we saw the Inhumans before Soul basically relaunched them and expanded their universe was in Annihilation. And guess where the Inhumans were in space on Adelan. So, you know, it's sort of like we've come full circle uh, uh, in in that regard, uh, seeing them back in space, going off to do spacey things. Um, you know, dealing with space characters and and and, and characters who are uh, far more uh, potent and powerful than some of the people that they some of the heroes that they run into on Earth. So, and we'll never be royals. Oh no! I knew it. I knew oh, it. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, like as soon as you said it, yeah. the moment you said it, it was right yeah. there. Couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Oh no! It was either that or, or another song that was probably would probably not be good to, to talk about right now. But anyway. Oh no! What do you say? A, a line on the title, but anyway. Alrighty. So right Alrighty, from that, right. um, <laughs> right. You want to do um, Captain America, Steve Rogers? Uh, just sure. So, so um, 
you know, shout out to, uh, you know, I don't, not quite friend of the, the podcast, but definitely follows uh, uh, some of us on Twitter. Um, I'm speaking of uh, John Suntress, who does the podcast Word Balloon. He had uh, Nick Spencer on as a guest, I believe it was last week. And I, just, I was just catching up uh, on the episode this week. And, um, you know, Nick Spencer discussed uh, the big uh, the, the big reveals in the last couple of issues of Captain America, Steve Rogers and uh, Sam Wilson talking about um, the lead up to Secret Empire. And in this issue, um, uh, you know, I think he sets up a great uh, reset of Hydra. And um, it, it's very reminiscent of what Zemo was doing in, um, I forget what book it was uh, last week. Um, or or two weeks ago, was it was it Cap Steve Rogers or was it Sam Wilson? Where Zemo was, it was probably Steve Rogers. Where Zemo was also kind of um, uh, getting the band back together in terms of creating a new masters, yeah, of evil. So that was Steve Rogers, but you know. right. So in this issue, it's uh, uh, Madame Hydra's turn to uh, to marshal her forces and kind of get the 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 Hydra band back together and create a new. Uh, uh, oh, what's the, what, what do they call it? The Council of Hydra or something like that? Not quite uh, uh, Council of Elrond, but uh, you know, definitely close because they all all are sitting in a circular, uh, sitting at a circular table. Um, you know, and it's nice to see. This is very reminiscent of uh, Secret Warriors, actually. Um, Hickman Secret Warriors, where it seemed like all the forces of Hydra were organized, and now in the you know pages of uh, Cap Steve Rogers, we see uh, the forces of Hydra um, reorganized and renewed. And it's nice to see, you know, um, you know that uh, the organization, that the, all these characters that we've known to, that we've known as uh, uh, power players within the Hydra structure, um, coming back, and you know they'll probably they will probably play big roles um, in Secret Empire. Um, other than that, you know, there's definitely a supernatural element now to uh, some of what um, we 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 know about this uh, new version of Madame Hydra. Um, I'm still not 100% sure how Kobik plays into that. Um, there's a great scene in here of um, uh, uh, the testing of the spoiler alert for anyone who's not been reading um, some of the uh, the lead up into Secret Empire. But Captain uh, uh, Captain Marvel and Alpha Flight are basically putting into uh, effect a planetary defense shield, and we all know that you know that's going to go well, right? You know that's sarcasm for you. Um, she actually arrays a test for the planetary defense shield. And uh, it's a pretty imposing uh, 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 list of um, items that she throws at it. One, you know, they launch a bunch of nukes, you know, th- 30 nuclear warheads at the, the planetary defense shield and as, as a first test. But as a second test, she arrays um, Jane Foster Thor, Blue Marvel, Spectrum, Hyperion. Hey, shout out to Hyperion. He all of a sudden appears out of nowhere. I thought he was driving a truck across the country. And uh, Starbrand. And well, have you seen made... gas prices these days? Ah! <laughs> so basically some of the most powerful people in the, in the universe. Yeah. They throw what they've got at the planetary defense shield and, you know, it, it holds. But then uh, Cap Steve Rogers, who's trying to uh, derail this uh, planetary defense shield because he's up to no good. And, um, and, and I, and if you've been reading the story, we know that the, uh, which who's it's the aliens from the first Avengers movie are on their way. Um, 
So what he does is he throws up the new uh, Quasar, uh, Agent Avril Kincaid, up against a planetary defense shield. And even she's not able to uh, take it down, kind of screwing up uh, old uh, Hydra Cap's plans here. But um, ultimately, uh, uh, at the end of the issue, uh, we have, uh, you know, in flashback mode, uh, a lead into what is going to be happening in the next issue, which is how uh, a Hydra Cap, you know, someone who, uh, in a sense... Um, is a traitor to his cause, uh, you know, way back when and fighting, uh, the Nazis and fighting Hydra, uh, uh, you know, while still undercover, how at some point he will develop some sort of animosity towards one Johann Schmidt, uh, AKA the Red Skull. So that's what, that's the, where this issue ends. But uh, ultimately this is, I, you know, I'm willing to give, um, Nick Spencer a lot of rope on this because, you know, he, you know, he made some really valid points and I feel like he's weaving a pretty good story as offensive as I find the whole idea of it is to, to myself and, and, and to, to, to my core understanding of the character. I think it's a well-told story. And I'm willing to give him a lot of slack to let him tell it. I mean, even if, if, if the interview wasn't the thing, it's, I mean, in, there are cases like this that, probably would lend itself to see how the story plays out before right. passing a lot of judgment. I know people have been doing that with the, the Magneto stuff, you know, sure. recently and other things in the past. So, so that's nothing new in the, in this fandom, but you know, sometimes it's just like, yeah, give, I hate to say, give him a chance, but you know, just, you gotta see. What, where what, what, I was about to say, what do, what do the, uh, the Marvel writers say? Just keep reading, right? Yeah. You they know. just say, keep reading. Um, I, you know, I would just say that sometimes for, especially for the doubters, you know, especially for the doubters, I wouldn't say haters, but definitely the doubters, you know, something like, you know, a podcast interview where, you know, there's some well-reasoned, um, uh, a thought behind, you know, some of the story choices, um, you know, you know, being, uh, you know, being explained, um, you know, in the writer's own voice, you know, it sometimes does help and does, you know, do a little bit of convincing. So, but that's right. why I give, uh, you know, his, uh, Spencer's appearance on Suntra's uh, Word Balloon. Shout out to Word Balloon. Um, uh, you know, I, I, that's why I give that credit for uh, kind of uh, um, silencing, you know, some of the, the, the lingering uh, uh, doubts I had about the story. And I'll try to put the link to that uh, episode in the show notes, which I'm not sure if anybody's going to see it or not. But um, I was just going to mention that the Shatari kind of has been popping up here and there, I mean, since the movie regardless, but, like, more so in Captain Marvel's book, and right. a couple of, you know, because obviously that's what the kind of stuff you know, but but you can see in that book that there's been a little bit more mentioned than you would think would be at this point, so. All right. Um, you guys want to, if, if there's anything else Marvel, anybody wants to touch them real quick, you want to head over to DC real quick? I think Dirt and I both read Spider Gwen number eighteen. Oh, okay, yeah, well, go for it. So it's finally over, Dirt. I don't know why you say it that way. <laughs> I wonder why. Hmm. Weird. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a very unpopular stance and just say the artwork threw me right out of the story again. There were a lot of funky panels where, mm. especially because Spider Ham was in here, mm-hmm. and there was there were certain things going on where I had to look at it like a couple times and yeah. trying to figure out like, wait, what, what kind of anatomy am I looking at here? Ah, <laughs> Listen, I'm a fan of Robbie Rodriguez's art, but I definitely see where, uh, yeah. where PCN underscore dirt is coming from on this. Yeah. Totally. I, I like the humor that they subtly wove in there about spider Gwen's across mm-hmm. the multiverse. 
Um, I enjoyed those things, and I enjoyed the the jokes made at the expense of the fact that there are these different universes and different versions of characters, and also a it's not only a space anomaly but a time anomaly as well. Um, so this is like a younger version of a uh, of a Spider Gwen from another universe, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I like that type of interplay. I love that type of stuff. Um, and any issue with a spider ham is is definitely getting an extra point uh, as far as that stuff goes. But in the end, I'm I, I was still reading this, like trying to figure out like where like why is this still going on? Like yes. where are we going with this? Like what's the point? When are we getting to some? It seems like there's just a lot of fumbling around. Yep. And and I don't know if that's like supposed to be the story like they're both younger characters spider uh miles morales and spider gwen are both younger so maybe they don't have things figured out as much so it's supposed to be them scrambling and fumbling and tumbling over each other yeah uh, and, and so if that's the point then okay point made but if that's not the point uh yeah. then i'm really confused yeah no i definitely see story. i definitely see that that's definitely a valid criticism um i i complained the last time we did a review of spider-man uh, the Miles Morales Spider-Man uh, story, which I believe was part five of six. This was part six of six. And I mistakenly thought it was a nine-part story. It felt like a nine-part story. And that's a bad thing. And that's you know definitely a knock on the, plot, the co-plotting, I would presume, of, of this crossover between uh, Bendis and Jason Latour. Because it just felt like it took too long to get from where we started to where we ended. You know, Seems this could have been a four. Yeah, this could have been a four four issue uh, uh, story, and it would have been fine. Two well, issues each in in each series. You know, and, and I think not only that, but if you go back and look at what the actual story is, the actual story is having to do with his father um, right. being pulled into some sort of secret thing, and Miles is trying to figure out what the answer is. And and that's your like that's your setup. That's the story that you're trying to get the answer to. And out of six issues, it felt like maybe. 15 pages total out of six issues dealt with that actual storyline. Maybe less, maybe yeah, 15, and, maybe less than 15 pages. And the rest was them like getting tacos and talking about how hard it is to be a hero and right. And running into alternate versions. Bread. And yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, so you're saying this is a, um, an arc that possible or a crossover that could have been handled in one book or the other. No, I just think it could have been done much more succinctly in fewer issues. Even know, much more efficiently. I, I think even if they had just done two issues, that dealt with the particular story of, of Miles's father right. and then spent a couple issues of them spending time together and, and universe hopping together and running into different villains and different alternate universe stuff. That would have been more entertaining than the way that they just dragged mm-hmm. this particular story out among all these issues. Agreed. So I think it's a good concept there, but I think it was just mishandled with the way that they finally executed it. I agree in full. Yeah, the thing I hate about this is, which I think I've said this before, is I haven't read this issue, and the reason is because of, like I read Spider Gwen, but I don't read Miles Morales, which I I probably at some point want to. Um, but I kind of hate the fact that it's crossing over in a book, a book I read with a book I don't read, because that kind of throws me off a few issues. Sure. For, yeah, for but wanting to do that. But Marvel and DC always assume that you're reading the entire family, of right? Whatever, yeah, books. like a particular corner of the universe. And right. I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, because that's not always the case. Yeah, because so. like all the Superman books will tie together the Batman books, the Spider-Man books, uh, you know, the Avengers. You know, if you're reading Avengers, you must be reading Avengers World and Avengers Undercover and Secret Avengers and Avengers Plus One, whatever, and Kanye Avengers. <laughs> uh, and like, all new, all Which different Avengers. Avengers yeah, until it got to like Undercover, I actually was, but you know. <laughs> 
stuff like that. But yeah, that's like that. The whole thing that is a well, it's not ridiculous because I I get why they would do it, but it's right. still unplausible for for a lot of people. All right. Well, you guys can move on to like other parts of uh, you know, to other uh, companies because I am actually now down to one book. Yeah, I've only got a couple myself, and I think b- both of those can probably be rapid fire. Well, maybe except for one. So let's do this. Let's go over to DC real quick. And I believe, Dirk, you have um, read Action Comics nine seventy six. Indeed, I scanned. Okay, cool, cool. And Tim Scatte, which uh, Tim, uh, our host, co-host here, who is not here tonight, has some notes on it, which we forgot to talk about in Unworthy Throw, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> says about Action Comics nine seventy six. What does the conclusion mean for DC Universe going forward? And four becomes two. So, if you guys want to elaborate on that, go for it. <laughs> Uh, um, gosh. Yeah, I wish I could answer Tim's first question, which is, what does this conclusion mean for the DC Universe going forward? I now, have I'm, it the foggiest. Now, there's been articles about this issue, and I think, we'll, well, we might not have to touch on it later on when we get to the news section, but there is at least one or two out there that probably lend some speculation to that. Well, okay, so just to give everybody an idea of what has been going on, basically, Mr. Mixel Pixelic. Missile Pixie, whatever his name is. Um, He has returned. uh, You find out he's the one who's been masquerading as Clark Kent uh, all this time, ever since that whole Superman depowered storyline or whatever it was. Um, So he's been that that Clark that's been running around. And uh, he was upset because the deal was he was supposed to show up every three months to take on Superman. And of course, Superman seemed to have forgotten all about him. Uh, and then, of course, Superman died, and there was a different Superman, and this Superman wasn't playing by the rules, and yada, 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 everything you'd expect from a childish imp from the fifth dimension to be upset about. And so he uh, took the super family into this uh, pocket dimension and was playing this game you know, for life and death, for keeps, whatever. And in the midst of this, uh, it looked like the current Superman, uh, who's been running around, who's the one from the old DC universe from the mid-90s, it looked like he had been destroyed, and the new 52 Superman, who had burned out and died, came back. And so then, in this issue, and I'm going to spoil it, so go ahead and ring the bell. Hold on! In this issue, Jonathan is actually able to restore his parents, the old-school Superman and Lois Lane, back to the timeline, um, merging them with the new 52 Superman and Lois Lane. So this cover here where you've got the red and blue Superman, it, it, we're not getting the lightning uh, energy-powered Superman back. Um, <laughs> but we do get a merging of the new 52 Superman and the new Superman, and somehow there's a rewriting of history where... The Superboy Super- punched everything. Yeah, well... <laughs> um, so, so somehow there are certain aspects of the original Superman post-crisis storyline that has merged with the New 52 storyline, and certain aspects of both have now mixed together to become the current DC Universe Superman storyline. And it looks like most of the beats are coming from the old Superman, but they still have left themselves um, like little holes, little abilities to throw in some of the stuff from the New 52. And... Oz, who's been this uh, guy watching the screens in his uh, special hidden you know, prison palace watching everything, uh, uh, he's got on his screens one of the new 52 Superman and one of the original Superman, and the new 52 Superman morphs into the image of the original Superman, showing that, that the new 52 has been more or less 
wiped out from the Superman history. So the question is, what? how does that reverberate through the rest of the DC universe? How does that change things? And we'll get to it later, but it looks like that actually reverberates through the Flashbook this week. Oh, no um, kidding. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, that's, I mean, that's like the big thing that happens in this book is that somehow the history gets morphed and changed and the, the history of that old timeline is brought into the new 52 and peppered in somehow. Okay. So, no matter how much DC tries to get away from a crisis, they always come back to a crisis. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's, it, it's like, what do you do? You either, you either hold to everything that came before and try to build upon it, or you do the Marvel thing where you just kind of ignore it after a while and just <laughs> pretend like certain things didn't happen so you can tell them again, you know? Hmm. I mean, both both have their positives right. and their yeah. negatives, uh, sure. you know, depending on what's going on. But uh, it, it's definitely much more comic nerdy, which is probably why I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Fair. Right. Hey, at least nobody flew around the Earth backwards. Oh... So I know I like the story. I like the way it built. I like the Mixoplik thing seemed to make sense to me uh, that that he'd be the one behind it. Like it would work with his power set. It felt like this was something planned out much more in advance. Um, it wasn't just a oh we've got to try to fix things, so let's shoehorn some stuff in here and you know try to make it work. Um, the the sure. more and more as they go through with this, I mean, this does ring very much like a Jeff John storyline. The sure. way he likes to retcon without retconning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's everything changes because you understand something differently, or there was a hidden piece of information that was kept from you, but not that it rewrites everything necessarily by getting that revelation. So, right. um, that's that's like his hallmark of stuff, and it feels like this is following that. So, I'm I'm guessing that's the idea that came about with the whole rebirth originally was one of those things on a whiteboard in somebody's office that they've been holding on to and slowly building to. So. Uh, I, I'd like I liked how it all felt organic as far as the storyline's been going. All right. I think we're in rapid fire um, uh, territory right now. But if you wouldn't mind starting rapid fire dirt with Flash number nineteen, since you just mentioned it. Okay, let me grab the thing here. Boop. Thank We've you. got Flash. All right. Um, so Flash recently, he's been running around with Kid Flash. Kid Flash has been trying to find information on his father. Um, and they have chased down Captain Boomerang to the Australian Outback, and Boomerang has the unfortunate news to tell him that it looked like his father didn't survive an attack uh, as part of the Suicide Squad. Um, and so with this knowledge, you're, you're left with, well, you know, we've seen another reverse flash running around, and that is still the guy from the future, um, Thawne. And there's this flash of lightning and this release of energy and something that cracks through the sky and it wakes up Thawne and he suddenly says that he remembers everything that happened in Flashpoint. Uh, he remembers... Uh, here, I'll even say the quote, so go ahead and ring the spoiler bell. Um, this is Reverse Flash saying, I remember the Batman, Thomas Wayne, he killed me in the Flashpoint. Wow. So, um, okay. basically... You know, tearing everything wide open. Now we know that there's a crossover coming up in in not the next issue, but the issue after is going to be the Batman Flash crossover uh, where they have the comedian's button that they found in the Rebirth mm-hmm. special, and they're going to right. two greatest detective minds are going to start trying to get to the bottom of this. So this is something that's been building since Rebirth, and it looks like this is that reverberation coming out of the action because it's this blue lightning bolt 
energy uh, that looks like it's coming from whatever happened with Superman. So, um, again, tying in the DC universe into this overall, you know, company arc. Um, the artwork does change, though. Uh, in the book, they had a couple different artists. Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not like one is bad and one is good. It's just that they're right. different enough that it kind of, you know, hits you when you turn the page and the artwork suddenly yes. changes. Yes. Um, it's actually Jesus Marino and Carmine D. Giando Medico. Medico. Right. So, um, you know, I, I was just flipping through it, you know, uh, getting to the big story beats that you were describing. And I saw that, you know, the, the, the break between the artists and it is jarring. Right. Now, like I said, it's not, it's not as bad as some, like what we, what we've seen in issues of like cyborg, uh, where it's like terrible artwork for a few pages and then you right. know, decent artwork for the rest of it. Um, this is, you know, two guys with good, you know, quality uh, styles, but they're just different. You know, it's, it's totally changes the feel when you mm-hmm. switch between them. So it was good. And I liked the revelations that came out of it. And I liked how it felt like it tied into, uh, into the overall rebirth storyline. That's one problem that I've had with DC recently was like, well, you know, I went back and read rebirth and was like, okay, let's, let's, pick up these mysteries let's get to it nobody was doing it and right. now it's happening again so so that's nice so definitely if you've been trying to follow those plot threads this is an issue that that definitely ties in with those threads mm-hmm. um and as far as flash goes this is a good issue for uh, wally west kid flash from the new 52 and barry allen um this is a big part of their i guess relationship um it's not father and son you know uh it's not uh, you know, cousins or anything like that, but th- there's definitely some big things that happen as far as um, how they work together in this universe. So it's a pretty good issue for that. So two cool questions. Uh-huh. One, does this uh, cover have any bearing on anything in the issue? It kind of. Um, this particular scene doesn't exactly happen as you see it, but it's, it's representative of uh, something that kind of happens. Okay. And two, you mentioned the two greatest detectives. Where's Elongated Man? Oh, no. The crying on the All right. Okay. Moving right along. Actually, I think he was the world's nosiest detective. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Like, there's three people watching the show that'll get that reference. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Ralph Disney. Um, <laughs> so let's us. Uh, I will do this r- real quick. Uh, Teen Titans number six, and Tim's got a link in here that kind of pretty much sews it up, sort of. Um, nice introduction for Aqualad. I'm enjoying the, this team more than the Titans. Um, yeah, so we get reintroduced to. Well, I guess we get kind of reintroduced to because I don't know if he's been anywhere or not, or it has shown up anywhere else or not. But Kyle Durham, well. Let me rephrase that. It is Aqualad from Young Justice. It is not Calderon as we know him in that seemingly, because it seems like they have changed, either changed his origin or some stuff hasn't come to light yet or something, but this is a kind of a different character, let's say, than the Young Justice. Like, he has, the power set is still there. We see uh, there might be some differences with his personality. Uh, without giving them in, in a way. But, um... Like I said, we see him basically trying to, it seems like he has, um, hmm, how should I say this, has lived a life that he just found out about his powers, let's say. So it seems like they're kind of, uh, I don't know if they're re- retelling his origin or anything, because it doesn't seem like, because no, there was no origin-related stuff going around, but they just you just kind of see him and uh, dealing with you know his family and, and a friend of his and 
being different. And then he sees this uh, interview that's on TV about the Teen Titans that happens early in the um, in the issue that um, Beast Boy sets up and forgets to tell the, the crew about. You know, but then the, the rest of the issue is kind of him making his way to um, to meet up with them while the Titans themselves are trying to figure out uh, a mystery of people or things disappearing in the waters behind them or around them. Which also lends to the fact that, okay, Aqualad is back. And if you know anything about Aqualad, then it seems like they may be setting up um, a meeting with someone from his life. And okay. again, and if you know anything about Aqualad, you kind of get a picture of it. Even though that person does not show up in this book, but there is another fish-related enemy that does at the end of this, this book. Who, fish-related. More than likely is, um, who is yeah, who has been seen... Um, with the Suicide Squad, if you've watched the movie, or probably, I don't even know if he's in the in this book, so you already know who I'm talking about. Hmm. Um, but who is also probably uh, aligned with this other person that I'm thinking is probably going to be coming in an issue or, issue or two. All right. Uh, I was just flipping through this. Shout out to Koi Fam for putting together a solid book of art. Oh, yeah. The, yes, the, the art is really nice in this. So it was a cool, it was a neat read. Looks like the Young Justice fans. It's, it's Aqualad, so or or looks like it's going to be him. Cool. So, um, anybody else want to throw anything else out real quick? Sure, I'll jump in and uh, put in my last book of the week. It mm-hmm. is Extraordinary X Men number twenty. Um, this is the last issue of this run. One of the, one of the things we we're talking about just before we went on the air was that the last couple of weeks have seen the last issues of a couple of Marvel series, and this is definitely um, a time for spring cleaning of your pull lists. Uh, take down uh, those series that have ended off your pull list and see if there's something you want to replace them with um, in the new solicitations for books that are coming out in uh, the next few months. So. Um, that being said, there's a couple of cool bits in this issue of Extraordinary X-Men. Um, in the wake of IVX, um, X-Haven is basically being uh, shut down, and they're bringing back all the mutant refugees back to the Earth now that the, spoiler alert, mild spoiler alert, now that the Terrigen Cloud has been uh, dealt with and eradicated, they're bringing back the mutant refugees to Earth, um, and they're basically shutting X-Haven down. It's a pretty much a one-and-done story that deals with one of the ramifications of uh, IVX, which was um, Cerebra, the Sentinel, being uh, destroyed during the final battle with Emma Frost. And, um, you know, they basically relocate uh, Cerebra, and uh, Cerebra uh, gains a new form. Um, The last uh, part of the issue is kind of a callback to some very classic scenes in uh, X-Men comics where um, the team is playing baseball. And, you know, it's a nice team-building exercise. Okay. Um, I have a quick question for you. Um, And this is, uh, I don't know, Roddy, have you been reading this or just Agent 70? Uh, No, I have not. Okay, so... Probably just me. Okay. Um, you know, at our store, one of the things we like to do for customers is that when their series ends and new series start, we roll them over. You know, anybody who got Daredevil, we put like Kingpin and Electra and Bullseye in their pull file. If they don't want it, they can just give sure. it back. But, you know, we try to anticipate, you know. Um, people reading Extraordinary X-Men, are they m- probably – going to be shuttled towards X-Men gold, Blue or gold, X-Men gold? Gold, 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 gold. Okay. That seems, yeah, that seems like that would be the proper. Yeah, gold. 
that's what I assumed, but yeah. I just wanted to check with someone who's yeah. actually read it. Yeah, definitely gold because uh, you know it, uh, it definitely has a more. Uh, it definitely has a feel of more uh, scene, more of the senior X Men, even though um, Jean Grey is is going to be taking lead in X Men Blue. But you know this issue has uh, definitely a more classic X Men feel to it. And as I've always said, Lemire definitely made uh, Extraordinary X Men the uh, the the book for X Men fans who are kind of looking for slightly more classic feeling uh, X Men stories. Okay, right. um, I've got one more real quick. Um, we don't have to go really deep into this, but WWE number three. Well, that wasn't nice. what I was expecting you were going to do, but okay. <laughs> um, I, I mean, this book is a lot of fun. Um, it's certainly better storytelling than what you're seeing on the TV show nowadays. Um, and, uh, you know, again, if you're not into WWE, don't pick this up because this is not random uh, stuff with wrestlers that you're going to be able to follow this basically fills gaps of what was going on behind the stage and off screen with some of the bigger storylines that were happening in WWE. Uh, most notably here was Seth Rollins on the, the cover uh, when he legitimately got injured and was uh, out of the company for a while rehabbing. Uh, this gives storyline to his time gone and when he returns. But if nothing else, uh, you will want to go out and buy this if you're a fan because it gives the origin of Bootios. I'm sorry, what? Bootios. Even I kind of know a little bit about what the hell that's about. Uh, Bootios, make sure that you ain't booty. And uh, <laughs> if you don't have a box of Bootios... Oh, goodness. That actually, oh, that's wrong. oh that's my box of that. God. If you don't have a box of Bootios, there's no guarantee that you ain't booty. Uh, so, yeah, I, I keep seeing that pop up in places. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's Lucky Charms. Just to, just yeah. to, you know, okay. But, yeah, that's funny. But anyway, right. and, and fans of wrestling will, will know the, the reference of that if you're not watching the video. So, <laughs> sure. All right, what do you guys got? Not, what do you guys got left now? We're in rapid fire. Um, so I got a couple. In fact, I'll bring up one that Tim Tim's uh, brought up for his last one. Actually, uh, Invincible Iron Man number five. He just says Riri's first win. Plus, she gets to turn down Sharon Carter and Shield for membership. Because yeah, if I remember what was going on in this book, which I haven't read yet, but I think people were basically were coming out to try to affiliate her into places right just this book, but. i skimmed this book i can't really say that i read it in depth so i can't speak to some of the points of the story but um it's funny that the the protagonists of some of these marvel books are getting younger and younger you know i think at some point in this book riri makes a very strong point of, of restating the fact that she's 15 and um i'm just like look at you know listen to these young whippersnappers um you know herself and uh uh Lunella, especially Lunella, because Lunella is probably catching the most, you know, as a very smart person, had definitely has almost a stereotypical uh, smarter than thou attitude. So, yeah, I about to say, as the smartest, yeah. Exactly. No, but uh, well, you, know, you, you know what I mean? Like, as a smart person yeah, in general, yeah. they, de- you know, uh, a lot of uh, 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 more, more smarter than uh, a lot of those types of folks who are, uh, who know that they're smarter than, than, than the average uh, bl- uh, person have a smarter than thou attitude. Um, I was like, you were about to say smarter than the average bear. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, you know, all that said, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, uh, these young whippersnappers are, uh, you know, uh, you know, standing up for themselves and they're not taking anybody's guff. You know, it, it rereads much the same in this issue. Oh, right. And by the way, um, Tim did have some notes on Unworthy Thor. He had some very spoilery notes that we did not want to touch on, that Dirt and I did not want to touch on. But um, sure. 
he also, you know, kind of delved into what I spoke about uh, earlier, which is that the uh, uh, Thanos's um, new ally slash love interest may actually mirror something that's going to happen in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just like I said earlier. That is a cool variant cover, by the way. Isn't it, though? Yeah. I'm Wouldn't have been a down. great panel on the inside? Yeah. <laughs> who, who did that? Is that is that Coipel or? Uh, no, that's... Um... Uh, uh, starts with an L. Um, lineal, lineal. Oh, that's lineal U. Yeah. Okay, that's a cool variant. I wonder. I, I'm hoping that that's not completely marked up beyond uh, beyond affordability uh, at Midtown this week. I'm gonna have to take a look for that. I'm not sh- sure. This may have been a one in twenty five, actually. Yeah. So that's gonna, that'll be a markup. Maybe a mild one. We'll see. All right. Hey, wait. What uh, do you got? Speaking of, well, speaking of uh, variant covers. Uh, Dirt, have you seen, or I'm sure both of you may have seen it, those, uh, the covers that have, like, the kind of classic feels to them? Like, you have the, uh, the Mach 2 Iron Man, and you have the old kind of old version of yeah, or have you seen those? They just call them the classic variants. Sure, okay. Have those been going all right, or? Uh, I've seen those, them. They look really good, but. Yeah, well, the problem is those are, um, tied into ordering percentages and mm-hmm. algebraic formulas, and so. Typically, what happens is we just say, "Yeah, put us down for two, and then they say, "You're not qualified to get two, and then we say, yeah, "Okay, then don't send them and mm-hmm. that's generally what happens is we just go through and we say two to everything, and then they're like, "No, you can't have those and we go, oh, I'm nuts right. um, so i don't I don't know that we've uh, well, I take that back. We've gotten maybe two of them in so far, but that's it um you I, I'm sure you know the bigger stores, the midtowns and mm-hmm. um, atomic is are they still open atomic comics? I don't know. Anyway, some of those bigger places probably have them, but uh, it's it's always tied into some weird buy 120% of your numbers on this other book, and then you qualify to be able to order, you know, so who knows uh, how many of them are actually out there. But gotcha. a lot of them are pretty nice, though. Yeah, I've seen at least probably four or five of them that, that's been in my shop or some kind of way, so they're, they're, they're really nice looking, but I've never picked up one, so I was just curious about that. All right, cool. Let me get to my last two real quick. Um, Future Quest, number 11. Uh, it is the penultimate issue. So this is ramping up to the, the big battle, which the 12 is supposed to be, as far as I know, still the last issue, because like I said, there was something a while back saying that that might not be the end of it, even if it is the last issue. So we're going to take it as that will be the last issue, and they're going to um, have some of the My understanding is if it comes back, it'll be like Injustice. It'll be a year or two or a season two uh, or season something thing. like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, we have Johnny Haji making a video. Well, starts off with Johnny Haji making a video, kind of um, while people prep for the big battle, and this is this is them saying that uh, you know, kind of keeping a record of what they did in the battle, battle, or what's going to happen in the battle for better or for worse. Whether they win or lose, they'll have a record of how how things were were going to go down, and you know, it kind of touches upon the people involved and that kind of stuff, and then. The battle ends up start starting as uh, after we hear some reports of Omnicron, which is the Cthulhu-like thing that's been the the big bad in, in this series, uh, kind of pops in and out at various places uh, on Earth. And like I said, then and the, the um, and the our resistance group, as as it were, uh, led by Space Ghost's plan, kind of starts doing they're putting their plan in action, which goes fairly well at first. Uh, but then as, as things tend to happen in this book, I mean, a, 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 in books in general, it starts to work, but then kind of not works. And that's uh, where the book ends off, leading into what's what's going to be the last issue of this um, 
this book. Like I said, I've been enjoying this whole run because, you know, like I said, it's bringing the Hanna Barbera properties and and making them in, into something like this um, is of interest to me. And and I like the way they've been putting this stuff together. So I would love to see more of this when this book ends and whatever. And I know, like I think I said this last week, that the you know the DC annuals that are coming out this month is it this month I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those also because it's quite interesting. So all right, Agent Seventy Six shaking his head. Was <laughs> no, I'm just you know. <laughs> all right. Um... Yeah, I mean, look, look. If you if if you know anything about the Hanna Barbera properties, like you know Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, and those ones you might be interested in how they do it. I would say, cause it actually seems to work the, the way they, the, the way they mesh everything together in this, in this universe. Like it's nothing that doesn't seem out of, out of place, put it that way, right. you know, and they don't go to great lengths to kind of make it any more than what wouldn't already exist in those universes. Anyway, maybe a little bit of modern updating in a couple of places, but that's about it. So that said, uh, my last book is, and Dirt, I'm surprised you're not reading this or maybe you did and I don't know, but, um, Ghostbusters 101, number one. You know, we've actually had it sitting to read uh, in our folders for a couple weeks mm-hmm. now. They sent this, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago. We got it, and it's. I thought about it several times, but one of the things huh. is uh, it, it was tying in with the new Ghostbusters movie. That is correct. And that's pretty much the kryptonite that kept me away. All right. Well, address all of all of your your hate mail to you know. Desert, desert, <laughs> um, right. And I will go so far as to say that yeah, this I've not seen the movie, so I don't know. I mean, I know what people's issues have been with the movie, in and outside of whatever it is about. But um, and I haven't been keeping up with the Ghostbusters books as tightly as as um, I, I would have liked to because it does kind of. There's a, it has addressed at least one or two events um, that has happened to him. Although the recap page does kind of uh, go along, to, pretty much goes along to say movie, movie, couple of things in the book, couple of things, you know, key events in the books uh, of the past, and then goes into what this is kind of going into. So you get a slight recap that, you know, that could fill in some stuff and, and maybe mm-hmm. have you question what you know, well how did that happen whatever the case may be but regardless so we get um our crew our ghostbusting crew or i should say the the og ghostbusting crew um doing their thing they are raised i think teaching some some um some youngsters in the ways of ghostbusting because they wanted to know and that had to do with another event to where like uh janine's niece and a couple other people borrowed a ghost trap and tried to do some ghostbusting of their own which kind of led to that. Um, and we also see what looks to be a interdimensional gate that apparently the Ghostbusters have, thanks to the fact that, um, I guess, in a recent or a past storyline, Egon got killed, quote-unquote, and it was the way this was, seemed to be the way to bring him back, and they still have this thing. So um, one of the younger protégés was showing the newer guys this interdimensional gate, which lends, which, you know, brings about this story because through this interdimensional gate, they say, hey, yeah, you can, you can see other versions of New York and other, you know, there's other Ghostbusters and blah, 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 blah. Um, then they turn off the gate and they, they, they go back upstairs because it also attracts ghosts. Um, 
then the the the, the, the issue it cuts to this other um, New York, which happens to be the movie. Uh, the dimension of the Ghostbusters and what they're going to do. So there's no actual meeting of the two teams yet, but it just kind of cuts to one set of Ghostbusters and what they're doing and, you know, whatever scheme Bankman's trying to cook up then goes into uh, these, what the, uh, the movie Ghostbusters get into. So, so it's not like they're all amalgamated together into one storyline. They are in separate yet. universes still. Not yet, but you know, you know, given exposition that is given in this book, you know, they're going to meet up at some point. And probably it's going to be next issue, more more than likely. It seems inevitable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Okay. All right. Um, I think Dirt, you have one more book, and then we'll do clicks of the week. Um. No, I'm good. No, you good? All right. Clicks of the week. Oh. Time. That would have been a book you wanted to bring up, but all right. Well, it's one of those that ties so much in past stuff. So. Sure. Um. I'm I'm picking Unworthy Thor as my click of the week. Me too. And I think Tim Dog says <laughs> we need three. Did he actually say that? Well, he doesn't oh, yeah, exactly he does have it as yeah. his click of the week. And thank you for putting that in there. Um, in that case, it's up to me as I fill, try to fill this up in real quick. Um, hmm. That Teen Titans book was kind of cool. Uh, and, well, at the, at the very least, interesting. But I am going to go with... <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I said, there, there, I mean, there's been nothing that's just been standout great this week, but there's been actually some good, good stuff that I've read. You know, so that's why it makes it kind of hard. There's nothing like just sure. kind of tips over one thing or the other. Um, I guess I go with Black Panther number twelve though, because nice. it, it would be it would be tight with with the one other one that I would think of anyway, which would be Future Quest and and maybe Teen Titans. But you know, so I shall go with that. And uh, with that, oh. we shall go with an ad read from one. There you go. So this episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts that are uh, being featured on the front page of Busted Tees right now, such as Law and Mordor. Uh, which is an amalgam of Law and Order and uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, that's definitely a shout out to something that we were talking about earlier. Um, also featured on uh, the front page of Buzz the Tease is uh, uh, "Haters Gonna Hate," which is unfortunately um, uh, a, sh- a-, a reference to a Taylor Swift song. But the featured characters on the T-shirt are, um, oh my goodness, my memory is failing me. The uh, the two elderly critics from the Muppet Show. Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I was, as soon as I kept uh, talking, I was like, ah, oh, it just hit me. Statler and Waldorf. So, um, uh, you know, those designs and more can be found on the Busted Tees website uh, after you help to keep our podcast free by, and ordering by Busted Tees by first going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then you click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. There, you click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome T-shirts. Busted Tees through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right. And as we start off with, as we do every week with the news, we start off with the uh, cinematic news. And guess we can tag team this if you want to. Absolutely. Um, I, there's some stuff I had to pop together, so we'll get to those in a minute. All righty. But- so let me start with... Um, X-Men TV series casting Sentinel Techs, students, and more. So uh, Fox's upcoming X-Men television pilot, tentatively titled Gifted, is proceeding and has announced some recent casting announcements. Um, 
uh, namely Emma Dumont as Polaris and Jamie Chung as Blink, as well as Blair Redford, who appears set to play Thunderbird. So that's a pretty interesting uh, uh, cast of characters so far for this, t- uh, for this X-Men-related series. Indeed. Uh, next up on the list, we have cable casting for Deadpool 2. I'm actually, I'm going to do these two together. Um, okay. Cable casting for Deadpool 2 will be announced soon. And with more obscure characters joining the party. Um, so, yeah, I guess the director was out there saying, hey, we're, we're trying to get all that together. And, uh, you got a whole bunch of Deadpool 2 news here. A uh, little bit. A little bit. And the next one would be, actually, yeah, matter of fact, I'll put all these together since we're, since we're there. Um, Deadpool 2 screenwriters teased the, the film's relationship to X-Force. So, no surprise, there's, there's going to be a tie-in with X-Force being that uh, Deadpool's going to be in the X-Force movie. Mm-hmm. So, and last it says, says in here it's about they're not they're going to do much having lifting setting it up, but just sure. and some stuff too. And lastly, going back to um, speaking of Cable, uh, Michael Shannon reportedly front runner to play Cable. Now I have heard something I, I don't know I've seen something that saying that he probably won't do it. But I don't know that's just somebody saying that on Twitter. At this point, we don't know. We haven't seen any. Or at least I haven't seen any concrete saying yeah or nay or those. But apparently, he is a front runner for it. So. Sure. Have Zai played Cable. What? Why not? All right. So uh, our next bit of news is um, asking, so is the next Justice League trailer on the way? My understanding is that there's a teaser trailer released today. So they released a, like, I don't know, 20-second thing showing Aquaman and showing water flying in the air and whatever, and then it says... And a guitar riff! And it, it says a trailer coming on Saturday. To coincide with WonderCon, so right. they're they're they sent out a teaser for a teaser hyping a trailer instead <laughs> of a teaser hyping the movie. Oh, boy, yes, you love how things work in cinematics right now. You got it. <laughs> All right, next up. Um, speaking of the Justice League, the Justice League heads to Japan and completely wrecks the show's budget in DC superheroes versus Eco Talon. So apparently, this is an animated joint, um, anime style. And actually, I will pull up this here because this will probably start that off. I don't know anything about this Eagle Talent series, but it says something about it's a popular anime uh, and it focuses on a villainous organization dedicated to conquering the world, almost corporate like sounds. Ah, I was about to say. Yeah, from, from the writer of this article's perspective. And um, comedy ensues as apparently as their plans don't work well. So there's going to be a tie-in. The, the Justice is going to be there, and it says something about um, the Justice comes, I mean, the Joker comes to Japan to steal Eagle Talon Society's secret weapons. Uh, Justice League is on his trail, but there's something wrong with Batman, and now Eagle Talon's going to figure it out. So I, I don't... Okay. All right. Some more anime for you folks who like anime, which actually I'm one of them, so I'm not going to even sit here and whatever. And I don't know if, if and or when it's going to come over here, but apparently this is... Um, this could be a Japan-only thing at the moment. All righty. So we have some ca- some more casting news um, for The Flash. Actor Anne Dudek from House and the Magicians has been cast as Tracy Brand in the CW's The Flash. Uh, Brand is scheduled to be a recurring character in The Flash, beginning with the as-yet-unscheduled 20th episode of the current season. Okay. Um, next up, Wonder Woman C- receives official rating, TLDR, PG-13. All right. Which kind of expected, you know. Yeah. 
Okay, so the original Rogue One, a Star Wars story ending, has been revealed, I guess, in in advance of the release of the digital HD version and the Blu-ray and DVD coming out, I believe, next week. Um, You know, some uh, Rogue One stuff is going to be uh, uh, coming out. Oh, okay, and here's where I'm going to have to screen share real quick. Because... Star Wars actor Mark Hamill reveals first ever photo of Luke Skywalker from A New Hope, and here is the picture for those in the um, for those in the um, watching the video. video. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just him out in the desert, just chilling with his, with his uh, hands together. Sure, you know, nothing crazy, but for some strange reason, this has never seen the the light of day up until now. Which brings to the next one, which I'm going to go ahead and do that one also uh, mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't necessarily tie to this one, but it's around the same thing. Um, so apparently there's another picture of Mark Hamill from that same time that has also got, gotten out from a fan site. Um, and it is this one that is on the screen right now. You see Luke with his hand out and his, um, his costume not fully put together. And he's got like a, a, like a band around his chest or something. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and apparently um, Lucasfilm doesn't, didn't like that picture because I guess because, you know, given the controlling nature of, you know, Lucas and the property, it, this was a photo that was not necessarily a complete photo. Because, you know, anything that's coming up from them has been like a complete costume set or whatever the case may be. And because this was like a kind of a candid picture, I guess they didn't want it out, what it seemed to be. So, but now it's now seen the light of day, and here you go. Okay. Um, I, I am not familiar with Power Rangers. You may want to take this one on. Um, oh, you know. sure. Um, so the Power Rangers makes blockbuster history with first gay car- uh, superhero. So the okay. movie that is out is out or coming out? One of the two. Either way, the, uh, the new movie. Tonight, I think. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's right. Because I think it comes out tomorrow or, or why tomorrow. So yes. So in the the Power Rangers movie, one of the characters is going to be gay, and it is the character of Trini, um, who I can't remember the. Oh, here we go. Uh, Becky G is playing that character. Um, if anyone knows anything about the Power Rangers lore, Trini was played by a Vietnamese actress called um, Thuy Trang. Wait, they made the has... Asian one a lesbian? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. That is, and it says here, like, she's questioning a lot about who she is, and she hasn't quite figured it out. So there's that, this movie's apparently a couple of years because I think uh, the character of Billy is autistic, from what they're saying. Okay. I'm not sure. The, the, the trailer's never really you know, pointed that out now that it would and they kind of painted that character in another different light that I wasn't too crazy. But either way, um there is that. And actually, I mean, the and this may or may not, which it doesn't say here, but this would probably happen because I know in real life the the Blue Ranger Billy from the original series was actually gay in real life. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a, is a kind of a homage to that. We don't know. It doesn't say here. I don't know. Or maybe okay. just put it in because that was the case would be. So I just move on. All righty. Uh, let's see. Next story: Iron Fist, the Netflix series dropped. We referenced it earlier. Have you spotted Stanley's cameo? Stanley traditionally makes a cameo in all Marvel uh, cinematic properties, and um, I actually didn't spot it. But I, I fault that. Uh, I think the fault lies with the bad storytelling in the story, <laughs> um, causing me to not always be looking at the screen, and that's how I missed the cameo. Um, but apparently there is a very similar cameo uh, for Stan in um, 
Iron Fist. Uh, it's similar to the cameo that Stan had in uh, Luke Cage. Right. So we will let you um, jump back to Power Rangers for a minute. Uh, reviews are starting to come out, and they are not good. Mm. I have Power Rangers. Seen... <laughs> yeah, Power Rangers review: sadistic, ugly, and incompetent. This reboot is even worse than the Fantastic Four. Oh, which is weird because I have, no. which is weird because I have seen actually not necessarily similar, but I have seen slightly well, definitely better than that, but kind of along those lines. So I don't know. I've, like I've seen people say it's dumb, but it's actually fun. That kind of situation, but I haven't heard, I haven't seen <laughs> that kind of a review, which that's, mm-hmm. that's not good. If that is the case, but that's also the telegraph, so you got to take it for what it is. The Power Rangers are sexting. If you're wondering what they're up to nowadays, they're slut shaming. They're talking about inserting crayons in the body orifices and pleasuring mm-hmm. farmyard animals. What? Oh. Yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> All righty then. If that's the case. Might be movie of the year, actually. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, we're saying things. Reviews aren't always yeah. whatever, you know, so. Take a chance if you want to, if you are a fan of the Power Rangers, which that, by the way, that Twitch marathon is still going on and they're, you know, trucking along with the, the stuff on the TVs. Um, where are we? Oh, Iron Fist, uh, an Asian American actor auditioned for Danny Rand, apparently. Yeah. So in an interview with Vulture, um, Louis Tan, Asian American actor Louis Tan, who is half Chinese, half white, revealed that he originally auditioned for the role. Uh, he said he read for Danny and they liked him a lot and uh, they read him again and again. It was a long process. It got to the point where they were talking about, it looks like they were kind of getting up to the point where they would actually sound like they would sign him. Mm-hmm. But then they went with uh, the, the guy we have now and they had him read for a villain, which uh, sounds like he ended up in the show as the villain. Right. villain. But right. um, there you go. All right. Uh, let's see. So we have... Just a couple of quick hitters, I guess, here. Uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2's cast lines up in a new team photo. Um, there you go. All right. Uh, I'll hit the next one, too. Uh, Black Panther hitches a ride in uh, uh, BTS. Forgive me? Behind the scenes. Behind photos. the scenes said photos. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not in the know on these. Back after school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so apparently there's been some Twitter. Uh, somebody tweeted out um, right. some stuff from the set. Right. And uh, for the Inhumans uh, movie slash TV show, <coughs> Black oh. Bolt, <coughs> excuse me, keep it together, hold it, <coughs> is on the run in new set videos. So, yeah, uh, so obviously we have Black Bolt running. Um, this is in the wake of the cool set videos or set uh, photos. They had the mock-ups, the ending of Lockjaw. That's really what I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, I saw the big blue standing uh, yep. thing they had going on. Yeah. Yep. 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 So you want to take the next one? Uh, sure. What is the next one? Um, oh yeah, Marvel debuts new Spider-Man Homecoming issue uh, uh, image, which this seems that's like it? something. Yeah, that's it. Um, if you're watching the video, and it's basically a little small capture uh, picture of Spidey swinging on the web, looks like coming from a construction thing, but also right Any next to size. it is pop. yeah, which is also next to a a pop, I guess, coming from the movie. A Funko Pop coming off of the movie too, so this could have been more about the pop than the the, the, than the image that accompanies it. But nevertheless, there you go. All right, all right. So uh, back to some Ghostbusters stuff. Ivan Reitman says he's still developing multiple Ghostbusters films for Sony Pictures. Not sure how to feel about that because you know it's 2017, so you got to update that every few months and 
<laughs> Let people yep. know, hey, it could be something, it could be nothing. Thank you, care of people. Uh, Sir Ian McKellen is reprising Gandalf in his entire career in a solo London stage show. Uh, this is going to be happening July the 3rd to the 9th at Park Theatre London, so if you're there, you go check that out, and the money raised uh, from the tickets will be going to keep, apparently, the Park Theatre running. So that would be interesting. Seeing this dude's had a long career, so... I don't know too many people who don't like Sarian, so I would imagine that would be a good cause. Uh, next up, Arrow's Felicity Smoke is becoming a superhero. So some images have been released of Felicity Smoke, a.k.a. Emily Bett Richards, Rickards, uh, wearing, I believe, a domino mask. Um, and I guess, oh, more. There's actually costume mm-hmm. images. So um, uh, she's going to, she's suiting up as a mass vigilante of her own. Uh, up till now, she has been, you know, one of the uh, support characters in the Arrow verse. Is she actually yes. wearing that, or is that photoshopped? Um, could possibly actually, it might be what she's what she's going to be wearing. So, seems like she's going to show up in um, Legends of Tomorrow as a as the Arrow or an Arrow character, because as they have done t- uh, uh, before on the show, then there's been other people that have had the costume on in alternate realities. So, and this, this seems to be one of those situations. Alrighty. And last but not least. And last but not least. Um, I should probably should have put the, 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 the thing up on here, but regardless. Netflix bringing back classic Voltron episodes as a part of a new collection. It is not all of them. And, uh, and I would go so far as to say that, hey, if you have Crunchyroll, and I mean, you, you can go see some of the stuff on Crunchyroll as Go Lion, because I think they may have Gold. Uh, well, I know they have Gold Lion on Crunchyroll, and I think there might be other places that you can get the Voltron. But nevertheless, you can get the first 12 episodes of the original Voltron series in a new uh, collection called Voltron 84. It is not that stupid um, Vehicle Force one that came later. <laughs> it was on. It's on Netflix. Well, it may be. Uh, it's probably gone by now. Uh, you know. But regardless, those will be out there. There's a trailer that you can see above, and the episodes will be available tomorrow. Actually. Yeah, I don't think it's the first twelve episodes, but I think it's like the top twelve as chosen by some cast and crew of the current Voltron Legendary Defender. I'm sorry, you're right. It does say it says twelve. Yeah, twelve classic episodes. It does not say the first twelve. So my right. apologies. Okay. That's Which hey, right. you know, better than nothing. You would want exactly. The first 12 but hey exactly exactly very quickly before we move to comic news uh solicitations for uh june 2017 for the various publishers were recently released so when you're setting up your uh, pull list and uh uh you know your your uh your diamond subscription uh pages for your local comic book store i know that's important for a lot of retailers shout out to pcn underscore dirt make sure you take a look at these solicits right now and order those books ahead of time indeed and with that, we're going to comic news with um, Bun and Cole terrified the, in this unsound from Boom Studio. So Colin Bun and I don't know this other person, uh, Jack T. Cole is having a new book. It's starting in June. It's called The Unsound. It follows the journey of Ashley, a young woman caught in the middle of a strange supernatural conspiracy that reveals to her a much more terrifying version of our world that she's ever on. Now, if you know Colin Bun, he's pretty good with supernatural stuff. So this is pretty much some stuff right up his. Exactly. All right. Um, some sad news to report in the world of comics. 
um, Bernie Wrightson, um, famous, famed horror illustrator and comic book uh, creator and co-creator of Swamp Thing, uh, recently passed away of uh, after a long battle with brain cancer on March 18th, 2017, at the age of at the very young age of 68. And so, um, rest in peace, Bernie Wrightson. Uh, yep, on the the video version right now. Rest in peace. Next up, we have let's see, Ghost Rider number six, and I believe Patsy Walker Hellcats. Uh, are both been canceled, have both been canceled. Right. Uh, Thunderbolts is on hiatus, and apparently this was updated, yeah, that with the fact that Ghost Rider series is definitely the... Um, is ending one. with the with the most recent issue, with the with the upcoming Correct. issue, actually. Yeah, I was about to say, because I was trying to see when that was, and like I said... I think it's uh, out next also, week. Yeah, and also Patsy Walker... But it looks like... Um, and they're basically talking about solicitations from last month, because... Mm-hmm. Um, about stuff that did not appear on there, such as Thunderbolts. Right. Uh, I think Thunderbolts like, has a has a reason to be on hiatus because of the events of Secret Empire. Right. So we'll see how that how that go how that goes going forward. Yeah, but there's a number of books that I said it wasn't seemed like uh, was missing and could mean that those books, including Black Panther, World of Wakanda, which would be sad if that's the case. Yeah. Um, that's why I mentioned earlier about World of Wakanda. I wasn't sure what the uh, the status of the ongoing was. Right. Well, yes. Yeah, as, as far as this last issue that they had next month, you know, they had a coming next month thing, and even this this week's Black Panther kind of alludes to that also. So, but that's not saying anything for anything future. Alrighty. So, um, in video game news, Injustice Two uh, has a, a trailer, a new trailer, a character trailer out for uh, Cheetah, mm-hmm. and uh, that character has been introduced for Injustice Two. I guess that's someone else that will be uh, will all be playing online um, when that game drops. Yep, you get to see some uh, gameplay of of her going. It's about a minute or so, so it doesn't take much of your time. But you know, you go check out and see. Coming out May fifth, something like that. Oh, that's I'm not looking forward to having to buy a PS4 <laughs> at that time. Um, <laughs> let me roll into the next one: Garth Ennis and Rex Braun unleash Jimmy's bastards at AfterShock Comics. So. Um, uh, Jimmy Regent, the main character of Garth Ennis and Russ Braun's Jimmy Bastards, uh, is. Um, uh, apparently bears a striking resemblance to well-known uh, 007. And, um, you know, this spy is uh, going to be dealing with the uh, after effects and consequences of years, possibly even decades of romantic encounters while saving the world. Oh, goodness, Garth Ennis. Okay. Actually, in this first week, I look like Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. So, week. you know, it, it, it feels like... Uh, um, uh, you know what? What we found out about the Purple Man in uh, the issues of Daredevil, you know. But uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, you got sure, the next sure. one. Yep. Uh, next up, we have a which I believe came out this week. Uh, it was a preview of uh, Magdalena number one from Top Cow. Uh, okay. It's been written by Tini Howard and Ryan Katie. Artwork by Christian Debari and Mike Spicer. Uh, apparently, Magdalena is a woman who protects the world from demons and beasts, and um, that's. That's just started, and we get some some preview stuff that came out a couple of days ago for it. Alrighty, um, Dynamite Entertainment is proud to announce that Magnus Robot Fighter is uh, going to be uh, reintroduced with an all new inter- re- all new interpretation of the character, courtesy of Kyle Higgins as writer and artist Jorge Fornes Fornay. Um, the debut issue is set for release in June. All right. And next up, we have uh, W Pop's third annual Breaking in the Comics Contest winners. So, congrats to all of those folks. All righty. Uh, 
exclusive Skybound's Kill the Minotaur reimagines Greek mythology. So uh, Robert Kirkman's Skybound Entertainment has a new comic series um, that is going to reimagine uh, Greek mythology. Kill the Minotaur is written and created by Chris Passetto and Christian Cantamessa. So, uh, and, art, and illustrated by artist Lucas Kettner. Um, oh, it's, uh, you know, there's definitely going to be um, some, some reimagining of the Minotaur, the myth of the Minotaur, I guess, and the maze um, based upon uh, the notes here. Mm-hmm. And next up, we have artist. I have not heard this name said out loud, so forgive me if I'm butchering her, your name, sir. Uh, Stepan Sejic. Boards DC's uh, Aquaman in June. Yeah, so that's I good. A, yeah, I have not, and as a matter of fact, I have seen before this came out, probably a few, maybe have been last week, actually, there have been people who are saying, hey, you should get, you know, uh, this dude on a, on a DC book. And I'm a fan of his art um, because like, this is an artist who's, who's done Witchblade, uh, Witchblade, Aphrodite, D9, and Sunstone, which is a book that I, I, I like. Um, but uh, yeah, the artist took to Twitter and shown some um, showed some of his artwork. So, so he starts up in June. So he got some work in right. DC, which most of his stuff has been with Top Cow. So you know, now he stepped it up or stepped up. Okay. All righty. So um, the retro TV adventures in DC's digital first line uh, uh, keep advancing and get cooler. Uh, now we have. Um, uh, 70s Gotham and 70s Nightwing coming to life in Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. And there's some exclusive previews out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have, um, so we don't do well, Kickstarter that often, but I feel like some of them, we, when we do, you know, should should get some shine on them. And this one is Black Ink, People, People of Color in Comics, which is a documentary film that ex- examines the contribution of uh, people of color to the comic book industry. Uh, at this point, it is five thousand. Uh, it's like a little, close to six thousand uh, with a pledge of uh, So it's, it's still got a ways to go to be to 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 get done. It but, is a film. It's gonna it's gonna require a bit more of a fun. Exactly. So and there's uh, some notable folks that are um, that are going to be in this film, such as uh, Joseph Illich, uh, Jamal Engel, uh, David O. Walker. Uh, Marcus Williams, let's see, you know, uh, Eric Battle, Chris Williams, Anthony Piper, you know, some some people that you would probably know if you if you've been around for a while. So, right, if you pay uh, attention I mean, to the credits pages in the comics, yes, indeed. So, so go check that out. It's called Black Ink: People of Color in Comics. All righty, and lastly, in comic news, this is just a quick recap of something that uh, we discussed uh, in detail earlier. Action Comics this week presents the end of the New Fifty Two as we know it. Um, go back and take a look at uh, and listen to what we talked about. But basically, the conclusion of the Superman story, uh, Superman Reborn, in the pages of Action Comics nine seventy six this week, bring brought with it some massive changes to the Superman status quo in the past, present, and future, as well as some shocking clues as to what to expect from the post-rebirth DC universe. And with that... Oh, wait, one um, more thing. I'm gonna that? Oh, we have another one. Yeah. And that is Face It, Tiger. You just hit some variant uh, <laughs> covers. So apparently in June, Mary Jane Watson's going to get, uh, get some variant covers. And as you can see here... Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. The Vision. Yeah. That Avengers variant. That's cool. It's Avengers variant from number eight. is a Doctor Strange one. Uh, let's see. Here's a Hulk one. That's scary. Yeah, I know, right? And apparently, here's uh, on the Wolverine one. All right, kind of cool too. So Nova, 
<laughs> Quinn pulled. Oh, God. If you can't go two feet without, without doing that. Got another one. Uh, Invincible Iron Man, which she's in that book. So, hey, that's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> and Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Let's see. Spider-Gwen, Captain Marvel. That's a cool one, too. I, I like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty one. cool, too. Punisher, which that, that's a callback. That's a great, I was about to say, that is a great in-joke, like you said, and a callback to mm-hmm. um, Marvel Storyline right there. That is, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, it all went downhill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, like, is that is that uh, someone taking a pot shot at Dan Slott? Oh! <laughs> yeah. It's Venom, which there's a bunch of those Venom ones, Venom uh, variants running around now. Right. But I'm not worried about a bunch of them, but there's a couple of them that's cool. But that's there is cool. that, and that's... And that is the end of the news. All righty. So before we wrap up, we Wait, have our last. Oh, oh yeah, more! Holy cow! Uh oh. <laughs> before we completely wrap up and and end the show and everything like that, I do. Uh, if everybody remembers, about a month ago, I talked about Comic of the Month Club and how oh, I had yes. signed up and I'd gotten a box. One of the things that makes them different from everybody else is that they actually have a list of your interests, and you can click, say, I like this character and this character and this. And if you don't click certain characters, then they. They're out of your list. Um, they uh, have developed a second Comic of the Month Club bundle, which is the collector's bundle. It's like an extra five bucks a month, but it's got some you know collector stuff in it. So I went ahead and did both for this month, the regular and the collectors. I'm I'm going to just breeze through this you know kind of quickly. Sure. Um, but oh, no. in my regular book, I had put down Avengers West Coast because I always loved that series. Yeah, um, right. And I had, and I sold them off several years ago after my son was born. Um, so I've been slowly buying them back. So I've got some Avengers. As Coast. collectors are want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, So it, it was nice to get some of these back uh, sure. you know, again. Mm-hmm. Um, Galactic Storm, huh? Remember that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. um, a Justice Society, sure, why not? We had a Punisher, um, you know, whatever. This, <laughs> I have no idea what this is. The Big what Bad Blood Dracula. Okay. Uh, Hitler has been cloned. Elvis is in this book. Like I said, even if I never read this, I'll put this in a frame on my wall. This is just kind of awesome there. Um, Uncanny Avengers 1. I That's can get recent away. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can get it away to somebody. But this was tucked in the back of the box. Mm. Oh, wow. This is Teen Titans number 7. Wow. Um, there, there is a crease in the middle, so mm. it's not you know, it's not a uh, perfect grade or anything like that, but uh, it is relatively good shape otherwise, and it's Teen Titans number seven. Um, wow. So that's, but this is the regular bundle. This isn't even um, the collector's bundle. That's the regular stuff. What I got in the collector's bundle yeah. here. All right, so there's an Action Comics Weekly, which actually I had asked for because I started buying those again. I found a whole bunch in a dollar box at a con, mm-hmm. so I bought a bunch of those. So that was cool. More West Coast events. Oh, yeah. Oh, Master Pandemonium, right? Yes. Um, nine and ten. So there's oh man, oh, and headlock. I had that issue. Mm-hmm. I think I still have those issues. I gotta find those. And then we've got uh, Justice League of America. This is shortly before it ended, and here's the not the final. Vibe. This isn't the final. But this is right before it ended, right there. Vibe and Gypsy, uh, right? Is that Gypsy on the left? Yeah, that's Gypsy oh, and Steel God. and Vixen. You got there. Um, Web of Spider-Man twelve. Cool. It was in there. Okay, Black yeah. suit Spider-Man era and mm-hmm. thirteen. Wow. Is also in there. So not only are they cool old ones, but they're sequential. Um, and then we had this Batman family giant with the first uh, appearance of the Outsider. Uh, he was in the Flashpoint uh, spinoffs, if you remember those. This is like a ten dollar book. Oh wow! Actually, uh, that was thrown in the middle of there. And then right after that, Superman number two forty eight, which a is an old number, right? Yeah, that's pretty good uh, considering uh, uh, this is what became Adventures of Superman, which went up to. 
five something before uh, I think it, it finally ended. So, um, so this is this is from the collector set. So the collector set had these two sure old ones in it, and then had a bunch of this older stuff, you know, mixed right. in. Right. And the regular ones. So I was super happy. Um, yeah, I got out of that, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, I can, I can go along with this." So I actually set up a referral. Hey, go to comicofthemonth.club, use the referral code Dirt. Um, I think everybody should try this. I normally I hate these blind box, blind bag subscription services, but because you can personalize it, like you might look at this and say, "Well, I don't really want." West Coast Avengers, I don't want old Teen Titans, but that's fine. That's the beauty of it is you put, if you want all Captain America and Iron Man, you can get mm-hmm. all Captain America and Iron Man. You know, you can get all um, image books if you want. To. <coughs> get all Rob Space Knight. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking that. Never heard that. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was just blown away by what I got in these boxes because they are the stuff I want, you know, sure. um, from, from what I had filled out on that form. It's, it's so personalized. I loved it. So I recommend anybody that wants to get a bundle of just good old comic joy. Um, that, like, I, I'm just so happy with what I got. So comicofthemonth.club, use the code DIRT because you guys are awesome. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had, if you had that. So those those good that you already you did. Cool, cool. Good job, Jordan. and and I would go so far as to say that if you don't like West Coast the Avengers, you're a bad person. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. All right. And with that, we got one last. Yeah, ad I was going to say. I was going to say. Do we have anything else to add before we do our final ad read of the night? If not, then let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, PlayStation gaming headsets, Xbox gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod, and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to CSPN. Dot us that's a cspn.us then click on the keep our podcast free link click on the skull candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping skull candy audio through cspn.us do it today and with that we come to a close to uh, of another fine episode of this year's show of the combo chronicles we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and checking us out um, I would imagine our regular host Tim Dowg will be back next week after his. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, you can find Tim at t Tim Dog ninety eight on Twitter. You can also find him at uh, CB Cron on Twitter. Go to the site uh, theclicknation dot com where you can check out this show and all of the stuff he writes over there and on uh, rare moon stuff that I would probably write. But anyway, um, all there. Uh, you can also find PCN underscore dirt at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. You can also find them at Pop Culture Network um, on the webs, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, uh, Graham Comic Reviews on Instagram, any other place you you. Until he has some other stuff coming on, that's where you can all find him. Agent 70, you can find him at Agent 70 on Twitter. You can also find him on Instagram at Agent underscore 70. Also, um, you got any other places you you, you want to pimp out yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So stuff's coming soon from him. Uh, Me, myself, I am Rodicat. I have been your host for this fair. Thank you very much. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find uh, my comic uh, 
uh, Instagram CB Caps, where I will probably get to doing some stuff later on. Screen cap and stuff and throwing it out for your perusal every now and then. You can also find my me on um, my Reddit. Well, you can also find News Nerds Need on like the, the internet at uh, Reddit. You know, go check it out. I go out and also on Twitter. You can I tweet out noted news. Yeah, have fun with that. But as far as this podcast is concerned, you can find us here th- every Thursday night, 9 p.m., theclicknation.com slash live. Um, f- after the fact, Friday morning, so it's cspn.us. You can subscribe to us on pretty much any uh, podcasting platform out there. We're pretty much there. And as always, you can get our words at shop.cspn.us. And with that, we come to a close. Thank you again for everybody for coming out. This has been the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles, and we're out. Hey! Yeah.